All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We got Grover Quinn, longtime NFL safety, DB. He's picked you off. He's everywhere. Glover has everything going. It's a wild time right now in the country right now. Man, it's, uh, everything's going pretty good, man. Like you said, it's it's a wild time right now, man. And and you know the world, the world's a crazy place. Um, but the thing that I do know is, you know, when we come together and when we're yeah. united, you know, it's an amazing place. It's, yeah. it's a very, very strong um, place. And you see it so many times when tragic things happen. Yeah. And, you know, everybody comes together regardless of your race, regardless of where you're from. Yes. Everybody come together for the common good. And so many times, you know, that gets overlooked when crazy things happen, bad things happen. And so I think we definitely got to come together, man, and, you know, be heard. I mean, it's obviously it's, it's been going on for a long time and, and, you know, people are just tired of it and yep. continuing to see, you know, the same things happen over and over and over. It's just, you know, something has to be done. And, and like I said, people are tired of it. And, you know, it's just crazy time right now. Yeah, pe- people need to be held accountable. And I'm glad every time I see a, a different city with people marching, it gives me hope for the future. That even though it's a, the, the the what happened last week was in Minneapolis, just seeing people mobilizing across the country just gives me hope for the future. That this this needs to stop. It, it, it's 2020. It, it, people need to be held accountable. Leaders need to be leaders. And if you're not, you need to get somebody else that can actually lead the way. Because we need this this got to stop. It's just it's you, you can't. It, no question. Stop. Yeah. No question. Man. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your your just your football career. I've on sports in a while. So uh, you initially before so you went to to junior college before you initially went and played D one. How how did that come about? Um, well, I, I grew up in you know small town Mississippi, and um, I went to a three A school. Um, not fairly big, not too too small. You know, just kind of an average size school. Um, but I didn't get recruited super highly out of high school. I had, um, you know, Mississippi State was recruiting me at one point. And the year that I was coming out was the year that Jackie Sherrill left and Sylvester Kroon came in. And so his staff, Kroon's staff didn't recruit me. And so I ended up going JUCO. I didn't want to, I didn't want to settle for a D2 school coming out of high school or anything like that. I just like bump it. I go to JUCO and, and play well, hopefully. And take my chances and so that's that's kind of what I did I went I went JUCO you know Mississippi is more like community colleges um so I was you know I was protected by the JUCO basically in my area so I had to go there and play and you know I went there and and uh played I broke my arm my first season um so I was a qualifier out of high school so I didn't have to go to JUCO for grades or anything like that um and I ended up breaking my arm my, my first year, which I was expecting to come in and play and, and ball and leave after the first semester. But I had to stay um, and, and work wait to the next season. And then, you know, Hurricane Katrina hit that next season. And so I think we only had like eight games and two of those got canceled. So I think we only had six games. So I had um, like six games to try to show that I could, wow. that I could play. And so, uh, it was crazy, man, but it all worked out. And then, so how did then as you went to New Mexico? How, how did that? How did they? How would? You, how did you get on their radar? Um, I don't know exactly how I got on their radar, but I do know that when I was my time in at New Mexico, 
Um, they were real big on, how would I say this? They were real big on recruiting junior college because at, in New Mexico, playing in the, in the Mountain West at the time, um, we had TCU in our conference, we had BYU in our conference, we had um, Utah in our conference, uh, San Diego State, a lot of teams from you know Cali, uh, Utah, and then Texas. So New Mexico being right there in the middle, when you got Arizona right next to the side, the, you know U of A, those bigger schools. New Mexico was kind of getting the, uh, I would say, fourth or fifth tier recruits. And so in order for them to stay competitive, they had to recruit JUCO heavily. Um, so they recruited Mississippi JUCO. We got one of the biggest JUCO programs oh, cool. in the country. And then, you know, Kansas got a big JUCO program. So they recruited Mississippi JUCO heavily. And the, the year that I was coming out, New Mexico had three senior corners that were graduating. So for them, they needed a corner that could come in and be ready to play. And not only that, the fact that I was a qualifier, I had graduated in, in December because I, I graduated I graduated in three semesters. Um, the fact that I was a qualifier and I was done, I was able to transfer and leave mid-year. Oh, cool. Um, so I was able to go out there in, in the spring, and that's always a plus when you're coming out of JUCO because now you can get in their weight program. You yeah. can go in and get in the system, go through spring ball with them, um, and kind of get a head start on it. So that was probably, um, you know, something that they were looking for, somebody yeah. that can come in right now. And I kind of fit the bill and. You know, after watching me play, they kind of like what they saw and, and started doing a little more research. And, hey, that's so, the thing that happened. I have a quick question, just side question. Did you overlap with Danny Granger when you were there? Um, No, I think Danny had just left when oh, I okay. got there. I got there in 06. Oh, okay. I think Danny had just left. And then, and then, it, and then at UNM – you were just kind of just able to put it all together and then when the NFL teams were like, all right, we, we need to, we need to watch this guy. Um, you know, my first year at, um, my first year in New Mexico, I played fairly good. Um, my first year there, they have any interceptions, but I, I was consistent. I had, um, I was tackling well. I made, uh, all conference honorable oh. mention, you know, honorable mention. Um, and then, my second year, I ended up tearing my groin. Oh, wow. Completely off the bone the second game of the season. And I missed two games. That's it? Yeah, I missed two <laughs> games. <laughs> oh, my. And uh, I came back. And when I came back, I um, I kind of worked my way back in. Um, they had me rotating with another corner for a little while. I was on, like, a three-man rotation. And then the last game of my junior year, I uh, I caught two picks in one game against uh, UNLV. Hey. And that kind of ended my junior year on like a good note. And I still only made honorable mention, wow. uh, I think, in the uh, conference after that year. But I had a great uh, offseason uh, working out. I had a great um, offseason. We do like a little junior day. Oh, cool. Where the NFL scouts come in and they kind of start getting a look at the, the upcoming seniors. And they kind of put you through some testing, running, you know, trying to see who you guys are. And 
I performed really well at the uh, at the junior day. And so that kind of got me on some boards and, and kind of got my, my draft stock kind of going in the right direction. And then I came back my senior year and I had five interceptions. I led the Mountain West, um, made first team all conference. Um, I balled out. I played well against the big schools that we played against. We played against the Arizonas, um, you know, Tulsa at the time, Texas A&M. I uh, had big games against those teams and, you know, that's kind of when I started like seeing some traction. Then I got invited to go play in the uh, East West Shrine game. And then I got invited to the combine and, um, you know, just kind of taking advantage of all those opportunities and, and going and performing. You know, I tell people um, that's going through this journey right now, at the end of the day, the common denominator is you got to play well, you got to ball, you got to go out and do what it is that you do. And so, I was able to take advantage of all those opportunities. The six games that I had in JUCO balled out to get an opportunity to go to New Mexico and then get there. And, you know, I had three years to 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 do what I can do and to be able to make the most of that. And, and you know, it all come together. Finishing off my junior year, going into my senior year and, and riding the wave. And like I say, man, the rest is history. I have a question. When, when, when you're picking off a quarterback, are you is your first thought to look at the opposing end zone or are you looking at the quarterback's end you just messed up? Um, you saying when I when I pick it off? Yeah, are you, are you, I mean when I pick it off, I'm actually, you know, if, if I'm not if I'm not down, I'm actually trying to score. So I'm I'm trying <laughs> to see who's coming to tackle me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after that, you know, it is about so looking at the quarterback and, and, and having fun celebrating with your teammates, you know, because they don't like throwing interceptions and, and, you know, it's, it's a great feeling to catch an interception, man. They're, they're hard to catch, you know, the, the best quarterbacks in the world and, and they, they can throw the ball, man. So catching interceptions is, is hard. I will, I will say that, but, um, you know, just being in the moment, man, celebrating with your teammates and kind of just, just kind of letting the game dictate. I was one of those guys. Just let the game kind of dictate how I celebrated. Um, I didn't have a signature like just moved. I did every time, um, and it would just depend on how I felt, how the game was going, the, the magnitude of the play. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was cool. Did you did you keep a lot of the footballs that you picked off? All of them. All that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I got all of them. That's awesome. I know I was watching the thing. I think it was a couple months ago when Peyton Manning was uh, with um, Emmett Smith and he had like that big locker of everything. He's like, I got everything. And Peyton's like, can I borrow one? He's like, absolutely not. But <laughs> that's awesome. And then so how, so did, did you have a feeling Houston was looking at you or did that kind of come by surprise? Uh, that was a total surprise. I, I didn't, um, I hadn't heard anything from Houston, you know, outside. Of, and when I say anything, I mean like anything special. You know, all the teams are like when you go to the combine, you kind of have an unofficial meeting with all the teams. You know, they're 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 in the big room, and you know they're coming to grab you. They want to just get information, cell phone numbers, just basic stuff. And then you can have things called official meetings where you know they they schedule it. You know, it's you you you're in the room with just those, you know, team and executives and all those people, coaches, and they're interviewing you. And then after that, obviously you have the pro day where you can have like, um, you know, meetings with certain teams. 
then you can have visits after all that where you actually go to the facilities and visit the, the team and all that stuff. And I had none of that with Houston. And outside of just the general meet and greet at the combine, I didn't have any official meetings. I didn't have any visits. I didn't have any private workouts. Wow. Um, I didn't even really hear from them, you know, during the process where they're just calling people, checking in. Like, I didn't really hear anything from Houston. So I didn't really know anything about it. Like, it was all um, a shock to me when they called me and was like, hey, we, we, we plan on taking you in with our fourth round pick. I was like, okay, like, and, you know, a part of me didn't want to believe it, you know, because you, you hear all the stories about, you know, people getting calls and they saying they're going to draft you and they don't draft you and things like that. And, um, you know, so I didn't want to believe it. And then all of a sudden it happened. And so once it happened, I was like, oh, wow. You know, it definitely, it definitely came as a surprise, but it was a, it was a good one. That's awesome. And then so, so, so talking about the draft process, since, since this year the draft process has been different than it's ever been, what do you think guys that have just been drafted now that everything's kind of virtual and it's kind of weird, what are they missing out on that was kind of vital for you to kind of get going in your first season? Um, I mean, at, at this age, at this, at this stage, I guess, for, for those guys, I mean, it's really all about reps and, and you know, and just seeing, seeing things and being out there every day. And so I would say that's really all they're missing. Um, I, I can, I can kind of just relate this to, you know, after my second year in the league, we had the lockout. Um, and so it would have been the same thing, right? Guys got drafted and now we're locked out. So, um, they weren't getting anything. At least they're getting Zoom meetings now and being able to at least get some of the terminology and kind of get started in the playbook. But back then it was nothing, you know. And so you got these guys who were, you know, drafted and then just trying to figure it out and no coaching, no, you know, anything. It was just with the players for, for a little bit. Um, but, I mean, they'll come back in, man, and, and, and they'll get those reps and they'll get – they'll catch up on it and pick up on it and – Things that move at a fast pace, like I said, they just they're just missing out on the uh, the actual plan because they're actually getting the install, they're getting the information, they're getting all that stuff from you know their their Zoom meetings. Yeah, and then so when you when you first got to Houston, did they plan on starting you? or Did you kind of have to earn that? Uh, no, they didn't plan on starting me. They planned on me being an um, nickel corner. And a special team guy. Uh, when I showed up, I was I was first on the depth chart at the nickel position, and I was like third or fourth at the corner position. And I mean, they had told me that they drafted me to play the corner. They didn't really draft me to play uh, safety. I mean, they they didn't draft me to start per se. They drafted me to play the um, the nickel position. And, you know, I, I had a real good OTAs. I came out and I think I caught three picks in the first three days. Um, and I, I think I ended up with five interceptions total at OTAs. And all of them came from the outside. Oh, wow. And so going into the season, 
you know, going to training camp, I was the nickel. You know, that's what I was. And, you know, we had other guys playing the corner position. And then next thing you know, uh, we start the season off and we just wasn't playing well as a as our starting corners and, and our and our reserve guys just wasn't playing well. And so we get to the uh, going into our fourth game. Uh, one of the corners that came back and he ended up breaking his pinky mm. in practice. They had benched one of the corners from starting. They had benched the uh, basically the first reserve. They had benched him, and so they came to me on, like, a Thursday and was like, hey, you're going to be the starter this week, you know. And, you know, and I told I told this story on my on my YouTube channel, you know, kind of more in detail, kind of how everything went down. But it was crazy. So, no, they didn't, they didn't draft me to be the starter. They just drafted me to, to help out and play the nickel position, and uh, I, I played well and, and earned it. That's awesome. And then how did the move to safety come about? Did, what was that like? Um, well, after my second year, Wade, we hired, they hired Wade Phillips as the D coordinator. And Wade Phillips, in his system, he plays uh, a lot of man-to-man, a lot of cover, match cover defense. So he liked and loved cover safeties, guys, safeties who can cover and tackle because – the safeties have to cover generally number two or the tight end, you know, man to man a lot. And so I was, um, I was a corner, but I wasn't like a true, like shifty, like fast, super quick, like corner. I was always more of a safety guy. And so the fact that he wanted like a cover safety, um, it kind of worked out perfectly. So as soon as he got there, they moved me to safety. They signed Jonathan Joseph to be the, corner that he wanted to shifty quickly you know cover down the edge and then move me to the inside to be you know the the cover safety that the, that he wanted so that's kind of how that played out and, and you know that's how I end up moving to safety and um I mean I think it worked out it was a little it was a little weird at first just kind of getting used to everything getting used to the the view from from the back and and all that stuff but um I think I was always a natural safety. And then when they when they drafted Watt a couple of years later, did you think he'd be anything as good as he is, or were you just like, oh, it really didn't phase you? Um, well, I didn't really know who JJ was. They actually drafted JJ um, the lockout year. You know, oh. he was our first round rookie in 2011. Um, and so I remember when we drafted him. I didn't know who he was. I wasn't really watching college football like that. I was like, who is this guy? You know, and I remember going to um I think they had lifted, I don't know if they, they I don't think they lifted the lockout, but they had a little time period where it was like you can see your coaches for like, I don't know, like a day. It was it was it was weird. And so I ended up going up there. And asking the DB coach, like, man, who's this guy we drafted? Like, who is this guy? Like, I never heard of this guy. He was like, gee, we just got us a good, like, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to love him. Like, we just got a monster. And I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, bro, we just got a monster. And I was like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden he comes in. We finally get back. He comes in and he was right. You know, he was a monster. He uh, he was turning it up from, from, from day one, from year one. So. Um, no, nah, I had no clue who J.J. Watt was or anything like that, but he turned out to be, you know, one of the best in history. 
Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. That's wild. And then so so after after you were done in Houston, how did the move to Detroit come about? Um, well, I was a free agent, you know, and the thing is Houston didn't didn't offer me um to come back. And I kind of knew that because of the situation that they were going to be in. You know, they had paid a couple of defensive guys in the secondary. They had paid Jonathan Joseph a lot of money. They had paid Daniel Manning to come in and be the safety. And they had, uh, you know, Kareem Jackson was the first-round pick. So I knew it was a lot of money tied up in the secondary already. And so in order for me to stay there, it would have been more money tied up in the secondary or they was going to have to let somebody go. Yeah. And um, I ended up being the odd man out, which, it, you know, I didn't. I wasn't happy about it at the time, but – I understood the business of it. And during that year, you know, I had played well against Detroit. Um, we played them on Thanksgiving that day. And uh, I played well against their big tight end, Brandon Pettigrew. I had a pretty good game. And then later in the season, we played the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and I think I had almost, I had like 10 tackles, like wow. five or six TFLs. Um, on Adrian Peterson, you know, good tackles in open space on Adrian Peterson. So for the Detroit Lions, looking at that, seeing how, okay, well, we play Adrian Peterson twice a year. Um, you know, this guy had a really good game against him. Um, we played against them, and he had a really good game against us. Like, let's take a closer look at this guy. And I guess in, in doing that, they, they saw something that they liked. They saw something that they felt like, um, you know, they could build with, and they gave me a chance. That's awesome. And then when you got to Detroit and you, you first saw Calvin Johnson, you were like, all right, all right, all right. I'm, glad, I'm glad I don't have to defend this guy. Because this, this, <laughs> the thing is, when they, when they did the NFL 100 this year, I was shocked that he didn't make the receiver list. I thought it was a complete joke that he didn't make the receiver list. He's obviously one of the best wide receivers of all time. I can't believe that they left him out. Yeah, I mean – that's crazy, man. Like it's 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 it, some of that stuff is so I don't I don't really know, you know. And I think that's the thing about Calvin is, you know, you have to look at who he was and and what he was able to do in such a short period of time. You know, a lot of times, you know, you look at the Hall of Fames and you look at all these lists. A lot of these guys are guys that play for a lot of years. You know, you play fifteen, sixteen years. Of course, you're going to put up, you know, massive numbers. But the numbers that Calvin put up in, in nine years is, is it, like, is it freaking impressive, man. And, you know, I think sometimes he probably get hurt by the fact that he played in Detroit and, you know, you know, never making it to the Super Bowl, only having maybe two playoff appearances. Um, so never really been – put out there on the huge stage um, like so many other receivers. And the fact that he's quiet, you know, you don't see him out as much, things like that. I, I, I definitely do feel like that stuff has something to do with it. It may not have, you know, a lot, but I definitely feel like it has something to do with it. Absolutely. And then was there any adjustment period when you got to Detroit or you were just ready to get going? Um, I mean, as far as just moving, you know, I had to, I had to move my family. We had to, you know, find different spots and, and get settled in out there. And, um, you know, far as, far as playing, you know, I've always loved to play. Um, 
I was always able to play. And so just coming in there, just by learning the offense, I mean, learning the defense, um, you know, establishing myself as a leader, gaining the respect of my teammates, you know, the, the big guys on the team and, and, you know, just, just strategically taking my time to, to do what I had to do. And, you know, yeah, I had to withstand some, um, I don't want to say hate, but just, you know, obviously people are not always happy um, because, you know, everybody wants to get paid. Yeah. Other people want to get paid. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they paid me. And so it's, um, you know, it was a little bit of that, but I dealt with that and, and was able to overcome that. And um, I thought we made some good strides in Detroit. So I, I, I definitely enjoyed my time out there. What, what's it like playing on Thanksgiving? Um, it's actually, um, it's actually kind of weird, man, because, you know, we used to always have the first, the first Thanksgiving day game. Um, so, you know, you're up early, it's very chaotic, you know, cause you know, they got the, the parade going on. So a lot of the roads and stuff are closed off. So trying to get to the stadium downtown is, is, is difficult. Um, but it's it's a fun game, and you realize the history behind it. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, watching the lines on Thanksgiving. And so to become an adult, and now that I'm playing in the game, it was always special from that standpoint. Just like, man, we're on Thanksgiving. This is the Lions' history, you know. Um, and it was fun. I mean, you know, like I said, you get up, and it's a long day because you get up early because the game starts, I think, you know, 30 minutes early. It starts at 12.30. So you're up early trying to get ready to go and you play the game and then now you go home and, you know, you have an opportunity to enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's probably a lot easier for, for the players than it is for the, the, the whoever's cooking um, because obviously they, they probably get a lot done the day before, but, I mean, you spend a lot of time going on actual Thanksgiving trying to be at the game and do all that. And then you come home, it's like, all right, I got to – finish getting the food ready or whatever so um but it was fun man I, I did it for what, seven years in a row because my last year in Houston we actually played the Lions oh wow so I got a little taste of the game my last year in Houston and then I signed Detroit and we uh, you know we've done it for I've done it for six years in a row that's so, awesome that's wild yeah. and then yeah. so so in your Pro Bowl season what 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 clicked for you was it just what, what was different opportunities um and everything kind of aligned up you know my first year in detroit i started out on to i got off to a great start i had uh i think two interceptions oh, cool. um a fun recovery in the first four four games and then in that fourth game i tore my ankle up like ridiculously bad you know and i probably should have had surgery and sat out the rest of the season but i played the whole season on uh severely torn ankle. Because you didn't miss and, a game. You didn't miss a game. No, I didn't. I didn't. I should have, but I didn't. And so I had ended up having surgery that off season on my ankle. And I took the whole off season to recover. And so when I got back in training camp, um just went out of work. We had got a new head coach, new system. Um the system was different. I liked the system. It it, it played well to to my strengths. We had a good D-line at the time, good linebackers. So he was getting good pass rush, guys were stopping the run. So as a secondary, when, when you can have that, 
takes a lot of pressure off you to feel like you got to be coming down to stop the run so you 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 can play you know better pass coverage because you're not worried about the run um and just getting opportunities you know playing playing with some great guys and quarterbacks having to make tough throws and you know and like I said just getting opportunities and you know I didn't drop any you know a lot of times over the course of a season the DV could have you know four or five maybe six opportunities and he may drop three of them you know and it's like wow do you, you enter the season with two picks but you drop four of them or you know what I'm saying you could have had five or six it's it's crazy so that's kind of what it was like I said it's good system good coaching um you know good teammates like I said good d-line good good linebackers other good secondary players and just taking advantage of those opportunities and then looking at the Lions secondary now, so Darius Slays in Philly. They got Jeff Akuda. What do you think of what they're moving? And did they get a uh, Trufant? Um, yeah, they they got Trufant. Um, you know they got Trufant. They got Jeff Akuda. You know I like I like Jeff. I think he's gonna be good. Um, you know Trufant's been around for a little while. You know he's had success in his league. So um, I think he's coming off an injury or had an injury. So you know hopefully he's can recover from all that stuff and, and get back to playing, you know, at a high level. Slay being gone, obviously opened up a spot for for Jeff. You know, Slay is a great corner, and you know we all know that his ability. He's going to be great in Philly, but um, having Jeff to be able to come in and and you know now he's the he's the guy there, and and you know I, I think he'll do well. I think he'll I think he'll be good for the city. I think he'll be good for the team and. You know he'll play well. You know I'm pre- I'm pretty sure he'll have some some bumps in the road. You know it's just kind of how it is. You got to learn and you got to grow. But I do think he uh I do think he'll be good. And I have a question: When did you know like all right, this is going to be my last season? Well, I always knew that I only want to play ten years. Even even before I got drafted, interesting. I, knew, I always said I only want to play ten years, um, and I I was always like. You know, if I'm if I had the ability to walk off the field after my last game in my tenth season, that it would be really hard for me to walk back on the field um, because I wanted to walk away from the game feeling like I still could play the game. I didn't want to leave the game because I couldn't play anymore because I felt like if I leave the game feeling like I still can play then that means I can play with my kids. That means that my legs are still working and I, and, and, and I can walk and I can run and I can enjoy the rest of my life. And so that's what I wanted. That's what I value more than playing for 15, 20 years. And then when I leave, the quality of life that I have is like awful. Um, and so that was something that I always wanted. And that's why, you know, I saved my money the way I did. I done things the way I did because I knew I wanted I wanted to take advantage of every opportunity that I have. I wanna do as much as I can to help as many people as I can to make as big of an impact as I can on and off the field. But when I get to my tenth year, I wanna be done. And I wanna do something different with my life and, and enjoy the rest of however much time I have. And I was fortunate enough for for that to play out and and work, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to stay healthy and play, you know, every game except for one. 
out of my whole 10-year career. Um, I was fortunate enough to sign a second contract and make some good money. I was fortunate enough to make the Pro Bowl, make an all-pro league, league and pick, you know, affect so many um, young players and, and, you know, do a lot in the community. Um, so it was, a, it, was a good, it was a good run for me. But like I said, I, I always knew that I only wanted to play 10 years. You can ask anybody that's, that's ever asked me that for however long. I've, I've always said, I just want to play 10 years. That's wild. And then, to, so now I know, so, you, so you, you're alluding to it earlier. I saw that you have your own show on YouTube, the DB Room. So how did that come about? Um, it was crazy. You know, it was in quarantine, obviously with, you know, with the corona and just at the house. And I was, I was in a group message with my, uh, with my wife and my brother-in-law and my sisters. We kind of got like a little family group message. And they had put out one of these little memes that they be having where you kind of having to pick, you know, which rapper. Or, oh, that know, was the thing. The worst, worst Twitter trends ever is literally like, oh, pick three, pick one. And yeah. Like, I'm like, why is he trending? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So they kind of had one of those come up in the group, you know, like who would you want to meet or what table would you sit at or something like that. And I just kind of brought up like, I, I picked a different table because Lil Wayne is one of my favorite rappers. And I picked a different table and I was like, well, I don't need to sit at this table because I already met Lil Wayne. I kind of joking around because when I was in uh, a sophomore in high school, I ended up going to a New Orleans Hornets basketball game. And I made, uh, I was able to meet Lil Wayne. Oh, wow. I didn't, like, it wasn't like a special thing. It was like, we was just walking, you know, we was walking, the game was over, so we was walking out. And I just walked right past him. And it was like, hold on. I think I just walked past Lil Wayne, guys. <laughs> and so we turned around. And, yeah, it was him. So we just kind of walking. I was walking beside him just kind of like, what's up, man? And he, he didn't say anything back. Um, but my homeboy was taking pictures. And so I got this cool picture of, you know, me talking to Lil Wayne. That's as awesome. A, you know, sophomore. So that kind of that story kind of came up that night. And so I was like, you know what, man? I want to tell this story. Like, I'm just going to tell it on my IG page. And so I got up that next morning and I said, I'm going to film it. Like, I'm going to put this story out there. I'm just going to tell the story. And so I told it. And it felt good to tell that story because it had, like, a lesson in it, you know. And so uh, it got good good response on, uh, on Instagram. And so I came back the next week and I told another story. And I told a story about how, I was able to uh, pick six Matt Ryan, you know. I told that story about everything that went into it, um, but, but there was a good lesson in that story as well. And that story got over like 11,000 views oh, on, wow. on, on my IG, which, you know, that's a lot of views. Yeah. And so um, the next week I told another story and then I told another story and people were just asking for like, they were asking for more stories. Like, man, I, I can't wait to hear the next story. And uh, people were asking for like more play breakdowns, like the Matt Ryan one. And so in doing that, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just like, man, I got to teach people like what I'm talking about. Cause it's hard for me to break down film if I'm speaking the language that they don't understand, yeah. you know, I can't just say, hey, we were playing cover eight and the corner should have squeezed on the backside. And they're probably like, what, what is he talking about for the most part? So I was like, man, I need to teach 
I need to teach people what I'm what I'm talking about. And in my journey of learning videography and learning, you know, a lot of that stuff, I spent a lot of time on YouTube watching tutorials and watching people. And even to this day, I, I go to YouTube for a lot of stuff. You know, anything, anything that I'm looking for to figure out or want to know about a product or, you know, how to do something, I go to YouTube. And so I was like, you know what? That is what people go to YouTube for. They go to YouTube to get information, to to learn stuff, to ask how to do this or how to do that. And so I was like, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my channel, and I'm gonna teach people the game of football. I'm gonna teach um, how to play. I'm gonna teach you know terminology so that when people are watching the game, you know it may be a, a more enjoyable experience just because they understand what the commentators are saying. They understand a little bit more about what they're looking at and they understand a little bit more about, you know, what, what happened on that plate, what should have happened, what, you know, what was supposed to happen. And it kind of just started from there. And it was just like, you know, what I started thinking about the DB room, I was like, man, you know what? Every team I've ever been on, the DB room was always like the coolest room. You know, everybody wanted to hang out in the DB room. Everybody wanted to hang out with the DBs, period. And so I was like, we always had stuff, like fun stuff going on in the DB room. It was just a different swag. You know, it wasn't just football-based. We, we, you know, we, we wanted to build it around, like, life and, like, just just family. And I was like, that's kind of what I want to do because I don't want my channel to be just everybody come to my channel just to see uh, a play breakdown. I'm like, no, I want to I want to motivate people. I want to inspire people to go after their dreams. I want to inspire people to 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 learn, to not give up. I want to teach the game of football. Like there's a lot that I want to do, but then sitting there, and, and, and when I was thinking about it, I was like, but that's we did all that in the DB room. Though we used to motivate each other, inspire each other, you know, ask about each other's family, you know, do fun activities together. We used to play you know, obviously learn, work, do all that fun stuff. But I was like, so you know what? I'm going to call my channel the DB Room because I do it in my office. All my videos, I'm just sitting right here in my office. I'm like, you know what, man? This is this is cool. I got all my footballs on the wall. Like, So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call it the DB Room. And um, they just kind of went from there. And so, yeah, I kind of like it too. That's I awesome. Like it. And then you were saying you, you have some interest in doing some behind the camera stuff too. Do you like I saw you do like a lot like a, you have a company is, with like videography or producing? Well, yeah. So when I first started out, um, I was doing like real estate videos. Oh wow! And so for me doing the real estate videos, I wanted to look, um, you know, just more professional. Yeah. I was like, you know, if I'm if I'm going to enter into a contract with you know somebody to to shoot a video or whatever. You know, I want to have like a company name and, you know, I'm like, it don't cost me any money really to start a production company. Like, it's just me. It's just a, a title that, you know, when I needed to have like, you know, business name or, you know, things like that, start a business email and all that good stuff. Um, I can have my production company. That's what I do. And, you know, that's what I do for with, with videography. I, I got a production company, so that's, awesome. that's kind of why I started it. Um, but like I said, it started with the with the real estate videos and thinking, you know, going entering the contracts with people and getting able to look professional. And so um, now that I do uh, my YouTube videos, I still 
you know, that's still production. Like it's a production when I do my live shows, trying to put those things together. Like it's it's a huge production. And so, um, yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then, so did you ever have an interest in like being like an analyst, like NFL Network ever come after you? Be like, hey, like we'd love to have you. <laughs> No, no, no. I never, I, I've never had that, that, um, I've never had, that. I've been told plenty of times that I should just because I do have a great understanding of the game. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I spent so much time away from home when I was playing that I love the fact that I can be at home yeah. around my kids, around my wife. And so, yeah, taking a job on NFL Network, it may be great, but that's going to force me to be gone. Uh, at some point, I'm going to have to go to wherever, L.A. or, you know, New York, whatever, to, to get stuff done. And so that's always been kind of something that I want to stay away from. Um, and so it's like, well, I could be an analyst. I could be all that stuff, and I could do it right here in my office. Hey and do it on my YouTube channel and, and have fun with it. And so that's what, that's kind of what I do. Right, cool, cool, cool. Well, this has been a ton of fun. I've been so glad I was able to talk to you. So for people that don't already follow you on social media, how can they find you? And then how can they find your, your show? Okay, so I'm only on Instagram. And uh, I do have a Facebook fan page where I put, put a lot of stuff up on. Oh, cool. But my Instagram is uh, Glover Quinn. It's my personal Instagram, um, Quinn with one N. And then for my YouTube channel, we have a I have an Instagram page. It's called the it's called the DB Room, but it's the underscore DB underscore Room. Um, and then on on YouTube, uh, that's my channel, the DB Room. The uh, I think it's the underscore DB underscore Room. I think not really sure, but it's the DB Room. It's the DB Room on on YouTube. Um, I think the uh, the URL is youtube.com C well slash C slash Glover Quinn twenty nine twenty seven. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Like this, this has been awesome. I'm glad everybody's doing well. This is a lot of fun, and I can I'll put all the links. I can put all the links in all the stuff so they can just redirect to there. But this has been this has been awesome. I thank you so much for chatting for a few minutes. Cool, man. No problem, man. All right.